greetings, yeah, everybody. I, I, oh, shit. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? We're back again for episode number four of, you guessed it, the Psych War podcast. Um, today is November 10th, if that matters. I mean, who really gives a shit? Um, but I have a special guest co-host with me today. Uh, please welcome back Darnell Thomas from Darnell Creates. Hello. Darnell. Hey. Hello there, Marcus. Glad to be here. Hey, man. Thanks for coming. Hell yeah. We're about 1,200 miles apart right now. Woo! Yeah, man. That's some distance. So how's the weather up there in Cleveland? Oh, I just came out of it. It's um, it's 20 degrees and snowing. That sounds like fun. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I um, just came out of it. I had to do some running real, real quick in the morning. Right. And uh, I'm back at the crib now. Back and crib. Uh, yeah, it's getting less and less tempting. I want to go back outside for real. I bet, man. I'm living life right now in, uh, what is it, like 80 degrees? Ooh! It's hot. 85, actually. 85 degrees. Damn. Yeah. Damn. So, Woo. what's been going on with you, man? How's your week been? Oh, man, it's been cool, man. It's been chilling, man. I just, um, been working on a few creative uh, ventures throughout the week. Um, some client work and, um, and just, you know, just living my life, man. Just, just living my life personally, professionally, man. That's what's up. Anything exciting? Ooh. Well, um, let me see. Well, actually, not in recent times, but uh, two weeks ago, I had um, some of my artwork put up in the uh, in the uh, airport. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that was uh, pretty cool. That was a pretty cool, um, you know, moment to have. And it's going to be up there until, uh, I think, towards the top of april next year nice congrats so, on that yeah. man that's big thanks man thanks i appreciate it i appreciate it how does something like that happen um i mean they put out a call to artists um and i caught wind of it yeah and i you know submitted a couple of different pieces over um like i think i submitted over maybe about eight or nine different pieces uh and they ended up choosing um that one the uh, the one with the uh the purple and green like scenery yeah yeah so. that's pretty dope so like is it in a is it in a place part of the airport where you got to have your boarding pass to get to it or is it like in a common area it's in the baggage claims oh, okay. um so yeah so it's literally in the corner near the escalators mm -hmm. and the elevators where you would get to like the information tower and everything yeah um it's right there on the wall so everybody listening, if you're in Cleveland or if you visit in Cleveland, make sure you take time out of your busy travel day, head down to baggage claim and check that artwork out. And then take a picture of it and tag Darnell. I'm pretty sure he might like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. Absolutely. And what I was going to do is um, within the next week or two, I'm going to have a uh, like a raffle. Um, I have. Uh, another print of that same piece that's in the uh, airport. I'm going to have a raffle. Mm -hmm. um, so it'll be something that people can look forward to on my like Instagram and Facebook page that I'll be sharing that you can, you can possibly win a uh, 18, uh, 18 was well, actually going to be bigger than 18 by 24, but it's going to be a big frame picture 
the same picture of my artwork. You'll win it for free. That's dope. Yeah. That yeah. is dope. I'm excited about it. Was that was that a pretty good feeling when you got the call or the email and said, hey, we want to use this? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was, man. Um, I, like I said, I submitted a couple of different pieces. So, uh, <clears throat> really, I, I, didn't know, I didn't know which way they were going to go or which one they were going to choose. I put a couple up. And um, one of them I put up there was, um, like, it was like a balloon release that we had for my mom. Yeah. Um, that I, I that would be cool to have had that chosen. Like, oh damn, that's pretty dope. But you know, I'm just happy that they chose that one, man, for real. So I'm not no complaints to my end at all. That's what's up. Well, I guess we'll get right into it today. Um, you want to start this one off, or you want me to take the lead? Hey, you drive, bro. All right, I'm hopping the driver's seat of the caddy real quick. Me me. Yeah, that's the exact sound of the horn too. <laughs> uh, let's start off like this, man. How do you feel about the current state of hip hop or just music in general? Like, are you vibing um, with some of the music now? Like, has it grown on you? Did you start off being that grumpy older person when this new shit came out? You know what? For some years I was, mm-hmm. you know, I lived and died by like, you know, the old school hip hop. And I still do to a degree, you know. Right. I think in the last maybe three or four years, I've become I've become much more open. I'm just like you know what, you know this is the new wave of music. This is what I mean. Here's your current acts that are similar to acts that we had back in our high school days or elementary days and stuff. Yeah. And I mean it's really just the cycles continue on and on. It's just you're gonna have those artists that are just like party music artists, or you're gonna have those artists that are like, you know momento motivational kind of artist you know you're just gonna have it yeah so i've kind of lightened up over the years so like right now like i mean i, I noticed that they have those artists the only thing that i kind of like on the fence about now is that there isn't really a distinct sound of like a regional distinct sound anymore what do you mean like in general or like in cleveland mm, i can't speak on cleveland music but I don't just in general, like, <laughs> yeah, I I just can't like in general. It's just like remember how back in the day, like you could tell like all right, a southern track, like a like a Noia clap. I'm mean, okay, not a Noia clap, but like Noia bounce music or something. Yeah, you had that Magnolia, you had that Magnolia feel, or you had that New York feel, you had that Brooklyn feel, you had that uh, West Coast sound, the Dr. Dre sound, and you had that Midwest soulful sound. And it's like. Now I really don't know who is from where, so when they be like, "Oh, this is so and so," he's from New York. It's like, really? That dude's from New York? Sounds you know? like he's from Atlanta. Yeah, and and it's not and it's not to like regionalize people or pe- people in a bubble, but it's just all those I mean, areas really... did have those. Not to cut you off, all those areas did have signature sounds like you knew. Well, and you know what? I think, I mean, I still do hear like the New York type sound of music. But mm-hmm. I think one area that has stayed consistent or more consistent than anybody is the West Coast. Yeah. West Coast yeah, shit still sounds that. West Coast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, I think because there's a lot of pride in it, too. It's a lot of pride in that. Like, the West Coast music has a very distinct feel. It's like laid right. back, chill, you know, easy going, you know. And... I mean, it's 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 still worldly accepted. Like if you heard those old synthesizers, 
that came on like a chronic track or something, you're gonna be like, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool with this. You know, DJ Quick still makes some dope beats, you know, um still For a lot sure. a lot of hotness going on out there. Uh and you know, um what what happened? I was just listening to a, a a snippet of an interview, I think it was, with Snoop and he was on Dream Champs. And he was talking about when he went through uh, No Limit, and I think like maybe it was either the first album or the first two albums where he, uh, I guess Master P wanted to make him sound Southern, I guess. It mm-hmm. worked for him. His mm-hmm. numbers went. But then, you know, he took it back to the West Coast on his last album when he was with No Limit. And, you know, he The Last was, Meal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, I know that exactly title even made mean. sense. Yeah. No, yeah, I think, and that's the thing, like, I don't, I don't want to say that to say that people just should be limited to one sound, but I just think that there's also too like kind of like that that pride of being from that place. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like you know if you like Dre, you know you talk you, you can't associate the West Coast music without Dre's kind of music. And then even if you listen to each of his albums, yeah. all three of those albums, even the latest one he came out with, it still has that West Coast feel. You already know you listening to some West Coast shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just it becomes so it's it's a it's a, it's like a pride it's like a proud thing like i'm proud of this you know what i'm saying i'm part of that like that's like talking about cleveland but not like mentioning lake erie at all it's like yeah you can't do i that. mean yeah i mean it's like you can mention cleveland that's cool but it's like you kind of it's a part about it that's a very powerful thing that we're associated with you know what i'm saying so it's like you kind of keep that alive you, you, you give a little a, a nod to it here and there you know right. it's just it is it is hard to really get that distinction as much these days, you know. And that's just kind of where that's the only thing. That's the only like a nitpick that I have. But you know, you know, it's, I usually go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was gonna say I think like right after uh, maybe late '05, early 2006 is when it seemed like to me at least hip hop started going in a different direction. And I could be wrong, but I want to say it was D4L who. It could even be Little John when you think about it, but I think D4L kind of changed the atmosphere when they did uh, Laffy Taffy. Mm. What do you think? I agree with that. It was around that time. It was exactly around that time because um, Southern Re- Southern Southern records were selling more at that time. Yeah. Um, Little John was all over the place. Um, the Yin Gang Twins were really huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Switch the House was on to come up. Yeah. Uh, in the mainstream, that is, you know, they always been on the grind, but they were going to come up, and uh, Wayne was taking off. So right. the South was taking yeah, over. Yeah, the South was taking over. He was he was taking over, and um, you know, just at that time, New York Records wasn't selling anymore because a lot of them were unified too. Remember that? Like, remember how like a lot of Southern rappers in Atlanta were unified, yeah. man? You saw everybody like, on everything in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Ludacris, yeah, so like, JD, fucking uh, Lil John, uh, Usher, mm-hmm. everybody, man. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't really happening in uh, in New York at that time. I think a lot of people were kind of, they were kind of just like, oh, what well, a start. It was they got into the whole real hip hop conversation. Remember that the whole, you know, yeah. the same real hip hop. And I know, think they felt had that chip on their shoulders because that's where hip hop originated. Yeah. So they, I guess they just, you know, took that and ran with it. If it ain't sound like this, it wasn't hip hop. But, you know, just like how we seeing now, the music has evolved. And it took me a minute to get my head around that. So, like, um, when Versace first came out, right, I'm mm-hmm. up here listening to this. Like, what the fuck is this? 
Like, nah, this mm-hmm. ain't hip-hop. This is something else. Matter of fact, I'll even go back further than that. Soldier Boy. You know what I mean? And but mm-hmm. I'm looking at it, too. Like, he's young, so he ain't making music for me. But still, like, I was saying that's not rap either. But as I took a step back and I started evaluating all this shit, and I'm thinking to myself, well, music is, is going to evolve anyway. So this is mm-hmm. where hip-hop is going, and this is what it is right now. So I just came to accept it to be. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's 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 a good point. Just accepting it because it's not like like I can't really speak on like a lot of these young artists because I can't even think of their names. Yeah, you know. But it's like also too, I'm not the person that's at the club on every Friday or Saturday, you know, you know anymore. Like you know, I'm not 21 doing that, so I can't really speak to that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be like I said. I, it was those years, and I was kind of like, no, fuck that, oh, fuck that, you know, it's garbage. <laughs> Now, I still, I'm still an advocate for lyrics, though. I'm still an advocate for lyrics and, you know, thought-provoking music. I mean, I'm not just going to take in everything just to say, oh, well, this is cool, man. You know, it's like, no, give me some give me some dope production, but also give me some dope lyrics and also yeah. tell me something that I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've always been an advocate of that, and that's why, like, a lot of that music is, like, that's key to longevity, man. Like, it's some music that is here and now that, you probably won't even think to listen to, you know, 10 years from now. But then there's oh, some no. music that's out that's going to be like, oh, damn, I remember when this dropped. Yep, you where know? you was at, where you were doing, and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Now I think, the, you know, like, the music was timeless back then. And I don't know if it was due to the way we consumed it because we had it on CD or tape or however we listened to it. But we had to, like, actually do some work to listen to the songs that we wanted to listen to. Now we got mm-hmm. shit on the phones. You know what I'm saying? It's easy, accessible. You can listen to it anytime you want. And, like, you can just play the shit out of it and then get tired of it. And I, I think, too, that's what's going to hurt a lot of artists at the same time because they're going to have to work harder. Yeah. You're going you gonna to put out a single and it's going to be good for maybe a month or two mm-hmm. before that shit dies down. Back in the day, yeah. man, like early two th- back in the day, early 2000s, <laughs> Like, you know, I'm about to go. I'm a cash money head. I remember where I was at, where I bought this fucking CD from, and damn near what day it was. I bought, um, what the fuck is the big, uh, I got that work. And this was when mm-hmm. fucking CD store, music stores were still a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, mom and papa was at that. I was on 124th and Superior, and I walked up there, and I bought that fucking album for like $18, $19. Played the shit out of it. And now it's just like, even though I still go back and listen to it, it don't hold the same value it did when I was, you know, first listening to it because it meant more. You know what I'm saying? Now is everything is watered down. It's easy, accessible. It's just not the same. That's why I like this. I still like to listen to shit on CD. Like I don't necessarily listen to everything on Spotify or YouTube. I take it back to the CD. I done bought you know CDs over and over again just to get that you know nostalgic feel look at the books that's another thing i missed you know the, the books that were coming in the albums just mm-hmm. all that shit that kind of introduced me to the music yeah you yeah i mean you you hit a you were very uh i mean i agree with you on, on a lot of those points man um oh, man. because huh no i was just saying man it's crazy yeah it is dude because you know i still got them three cd books man i still got all my cds from back oh, in the shit. day yeah <laughs> But I agree with you. It's like, I think it's, it's something to it where, like, you know how now, but people, when it's time for them to drop an album, it's just like, surprise, I got an album out. And it's yeah. like, that's, 
to me, I'm kind of getting tired of that because it's like, okay, well, dude, where's the promotion for it? I think it's a part of me kind of thinks it's because they're scared to flop and it's just versus like if it's a surprise and then it's a surprise. They got and something it doesn't to fall really... back on and say, hey, well, we didn't promote it or anything. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of like, yeah, I kind of don't care for that. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, okay, you know, whatever. Yeah, I do you like know. the build up. Yeah, a build up is great because I mean I remember like you said, dude. Like I remember, um, I'm trying to think of one album in particular. Uh, college dropout, college yeah. dropout. I remember buying that at Target when it came out. I remember the bootleg that's that was going around, and the bootleg had different tracks. And I remember someone gave me the bootleg like, "Yo, man, this kind of hot." I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I gotta wait for the real one to drop. And I remember mm-hmm. when it came out and dropped, and I had to go to work at Target that day. It was. And I bought it, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I couldn't wait to get through each song and just let it play. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that album, like you said, it means more because not only of just where I was at that time when I got it, but also, too, just the anticipation behind it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was anticipation behind it. Like, you know, he had to – because I don't know, and I don't know where they're doing it. If they're doing it still, like those mixtapes. You remember how you did a mixtape? Then you did the album, or you yeah. released the mixtape, and then the album to kind of get people buzzing. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know if that's happening now. It's just like, oh, hey, I got three albums that just came out today. Yeah. And it's, you <laughs> it's know, like, my, oh, okay. My ear isn't to the streets like it used to be, like where I would look, you know, for the next the next album or the next mixtape. Like, and then too, like the promotion is different. Like you were saying, you used to be able to listen to CDs, and you would know when the, you would know when the next project is coming out. Like take for instance a, a three six um, album. What was they doing mm-hmm. at the end of every at, at at the end of every album? Screaming, oh, yeah. hollering, talking about a little white album coming out, Juicy J out, whoever the fuck was coming out. You knew that shit was coming out in like three months. Mm-hmm. You know they was doing promotion like that, so you knew. it. not only that, I, maybe it was Vibe or some of them other hip hop magazines where you saw what was coming next. Some of the little mm-hmm. book inserts had what was coming next. Cash Money was good for that. Like, I'm thinking the first Cash Money album I got that I didn't buy was um, The Block Is Hot and G-Code. Because I guess they came out in the same year. My mom bought me them for Christmas. And I'm looking mm-hmm. in the book, and I'm like, oh, shit, Big Time was coming out. Oh, shit, uh, Turk coming out sometime. BG coming out. I'm like, oh, shit, this fit. I'm about to have a nice little next year. You know what I'm saying? I have something to look forward to. Now mm-hmm. I just hop on Spotify and it's like, oh shit, uh, who just dropped not too long ago? Um, fuck. Swiss Beats just dropped something. Lupe Fiasco just dropped something. Um, um, um what's his? It's somebody else um, I'm thinking of in particular who dropped not too. Um, uh, oh, he newer rapper, Moneybag. Metro Boom. Metro, Metro Boom and dropped one too. Yeah. Yeah. And um. You know, I find out about it like that, and then you know, by that time, I'm, I'm weeks behind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I try to find new music to listen to, but it's just so fucking hard now because everybody's a rapper, everybody's a singer. You know what I'm saying? It's so diluted and watered down. I still like music. It 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 don't mean what it used to mean to me though. Yeah, it's um, it can it can be overwhelming. Yeah, man. It can be overwhelming. Like I know that, um, like I like Lupe Fiasco. That's my guy. You know, so I have his his first four CDs. I bought them the day it came out. And you were like, more of a lyrical. Dropped. You a more of a lyrical connoisseur, anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but you know me, dude. I, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for Little John music, man. <laughs> Yin Yang Twin music, you know. I, I, I still listen, actually, I still listen to Little John music pretty regularly. And I'm just like, it's, it's, I just, the production is just solid, man. His production yeah. is just solid as hell. I and I'll that. argue to a damn point about that shit. He was consistent, <laughs> too, man. Like, you couldn't take that away from him. He was consistent his shit. You, shit. His, yeah, his shit was like, I always imagined in my head, like, man, if you put him with, like, Someone that was like a dope ass rapper, man, that shit would be powerful as fuck. Like Ice Cube when he got on. I was ju- you took John the words beat. right out my mouth. <laughs> Look, no, you don't understand. I was taking it right there. I was about to mm-hmm. go right there. Hell yeah. Yeah, he, I'm ugly and pretend. Polished and gritty. When I come to they sit and he just and the beat is just kicking and kicking. I'm like, man, this dude. It's just it's, it's just like it's not like yo. Fuck that motherfucker! It's just like yeah. he he just hollered, man, and it it was just dope as hell. It was just it was cool as hell, like. And you know man. what? I remember where I was when I first heard that. Yeah, you know who I, who car I was in. I mean, you can just take a guess. Who played what? the shit out of Lil John? DJ. Oh, DJ! Oh yeah, of course, cause he had the sound. Yeah. yeah, and I remember listening mm-hmm. to that shit, and I was like, man, run that shit back, and I was like, I will listen to Ice Cube every fucking day if he rap like that. Because, I mean, I, Cube wasn't my generation. I, I ain't really listen to West Coast rap. But when I heard that, I was like, I fuck with Cube, dog. Yeah, I mean, and it was just a posse track, man. See, I'm a sucker yeah. for a good posse track, too. Like, you know, you give me, like, maybe six or seven different rappers. You put them on one track. I want to see who's coming the hardest. That's yeah. my first thing in my head. I'm like, I want to hear who's coming the hardest, who's shut the shit down. That's, like, the first thing on my mind. So I'm like, okay, we got – because, you know, back in the day, you had these different posse tracks, and that's what people was doing. Even on them cash money tracks, like "I Need a Hot Girl," yeah. you know what I'm saying, or "You Need" or um, "Number One Stunner." Mm-hmm. You know, like I can't think of the lyrics on top of my head of "Number One Stunner," but you know, it's just like you'll hear a certain part of the song where everyone says it. It's like that person sold the show, yeah. you know, and it's exciting. It's just exciting, man. It's just that competitiveness, like even within the the, the camps, were it was great, man. You know. I took it for granted back then, but, you know, being able to look back on it, it was dope. Like, I I heard an interview, fuck, I don't know if it was, I think it was Turk. And it might have been Juvenile, too, when they were saying, like, the way they did shit, they would all be, if you made it to the studio, you was going to get on the track, and then they was all writing their verses, and then one to go in the booth and record, and then the other person, other ones sitting outside listening, they'll scratch their shit off and rewrite, because it was a competition. Mm-hmm. Like, it just made yeah. everybody better. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, mm-hmm. some people got better than others. I mean, look at Wayne, dog. He took off. And he wasn't mm-hmm. the one that I thought was going to be that guy. Like, I always liked Lil Wayne, even back to the to um, the, uh, the Block Is Hot album. Like, he was just yeah. different. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he wasn't rapping about shit for real, but he, it was his – everything about him was different. Like, he just stood out in, that, in his own right. But I'm thinking Juvenile is going to be the main one. And you know what, too, to Wayne's point, like, I'm not even, like, I'll say, like, I don't listen to Wayne all these, all like that these days or for the last, you know, for a couple of, like, a decade or so. I haven't really been into Wayne's music, but I always, I would not take Wayne lightly. I always felt like, because he comes from the era where you got, you got a freestyle on deck. You got a, you got some bars ready just in case. Like, that's what I feel like if you're a rapper, that's what you should have. You should have a bar. You should have some bars ready. In case you get into some shit where you got a freestyle or you get into some shit where, you know, you get a chance opportunity to hop on the track. I always feel like that. I'm so, like, so adamant about that with as, as, a, as an artist. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you got to 
you got to have some shit ready. You I think just, we did that too when we were, you know, um, doing our thing. I, I want to mm-hmm. say it was it was friendly competition, of course, but I think I do recall myself uh, maybe rewriting some bars because I'm like, oh shit, that was hard. Yeah. I got to match it or come come harder. Mm-hmm. And we made every each other better. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. Shit, music. But, <laughs> yeah. So like, I know you don't. You say you don't listen to Wayne as much as you 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 may have used to, and I don't either. Like I probably stopped listening to him probably after the Carter, for real, after the first Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But like, what what are some of the guilty pleasures, the musical guilty pleasures that you probably wouldn't want anybody knowing you listen to? <laughs> Honestly, though, dude, I don't even care, you know, if, honestly, if people knew. But, like, you know, one of the things for me has always been uh, Sonic the Hedgehog music. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, I just think it's, it's something very melod. I don't know. What is the word? Melod- melodic? Is, yeah. that the, is that a word? Melodic? That's the one. It's very metal- melody infused, but it's also very. Um, it's very. I don't know if it, what's the word here. Um, take I, you back I, to childhood. That's a part of it, but also too, it's, it's it's I mean, it's chords in there. Like, okay, here's one for you. Okay, now I want you to go check this out after we, you know, we wrap up here. But mm-hmm. there's this on the Sonic the Hedgehog one has um, a board called Labyrinth Zone. Is what it's called, Labyrinth Zone. It's like one of the final boards of the game. Yeah. Now the chords on that song are very similar to the. Remember that song? That's just my baby daddy. Yeah. That's just my baby daddy. It's the same chorus. It's the same chords to that song. Mm. Um, and you can find similarities in sonic music into modern music with chords and similar like the chords. Yeah. So it's very infectious that way. So that's a part of why I really like it because of how you can find those melodies in sonic music that you'll find in most modern music. Well, you can't necessarily say modern, but you'll hear some things like, oh, I heard this chord before. Yeah. You know? That's just so like, that's just... Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. That was, that was it. Yeah. That was just like, uh, it just off the top of my head, I got that fire. When I first heard that, I'm like, man, this shit sound familiar. Then I listened to it and listened to it. I said, this is the song, the music from fucking Power Rangers, man. Like really, dog. Go back and listen. I wish I if I can find the actual episode, at, and I want to say it might have only been a few episodes. That dun 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 dun. That shit is in Power Rangers, man. Oh, it is. That shit is in Power Rangers. Oh, dude, I never even realized that. Yeah, that shit is. Get out of here! Wow. Who the fuck is out here stealing Power Ranger music? That's genius. Yeah, that and I mean, nah, you know I fuck with Manny, but the samples that he flipped, I thought he did like dope as shit. Cause somebody had to tell me that um, Steel Flower was um, almost a sample of uh, uh, Gilligan's Island, but it it, is it it Mm -hmm. is different, so it's not technically a sample, but. Dun, 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 dun. That's fucking Gilligan's Island, man. I don't care. Oh yeah, it is. Okay, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that one. Okay. Yeah. But wow. I listen. I, I I'm I got my guilty pleasures though. Like, 
So when I find out songs that have been sampled, I'll go back and listen to the original. Let's take mm-hmm. uh, All Y'all with Timbaland and Magoo, right? Guess what, people? It's the first one. <laughs> Guess what, people? I can do what I want. Look, I know the words. It, it just, it just is what it is. <laughs> but, like, he sampled some fucking Celtic music. That's a fucking Celtic song called Made on the Shore. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I don't fucked around, found it, and, I, like, I listened to the song front to back. You, If you ever heard the original song, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? Hmm. I listen to it. Like, I, 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 the older I get now, I study more music, figure out how, like, they put it together and shit like that. But my guilty pleasures help me, man. Fucking, yeah. I'm looking at my, my list right now. I got Street Fighter music in here. <laughs> I got, <laughs> I got um, it's this group called Enigma. You probably may not be familiar with. And then I got the, the good throwback, Johnny Taylor. Ding, ding. <laughs> Where the fuck it's you so, been? It's, 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 a, it's a feeling to that music, though. Like, yeah. like Johnny Taylor's music. It's like that era of music, you know. It's like, that's a whole different thing because... That was original instrumentation, and they yeah. had like the vocals and backup vocals. It's like some of the breakdowns of music from like the. I actually was, you know, kind of to bounce off that. Mm-hmm. I was listening to like this '50s playlist on Spotify, and um, it was just kind of going through all the hit songs from the '50s. And dude, I swear, when you sit and listen to some of those songs, you be like, man, it's a lot of melodies up in this. Yeah, song. Like, like the shit was not lazy at all, man. No, nah, it was very, en- it was very engaging. It was, it was listener engagement. Like it yeah. was like a listener engagement. Like you hear like the riffs is like, ah, about that, be that, but that, 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 but that, but that, but that, but that, but you like, man, you can't get You can't help but to get up and just want to like dance and twirl a skirt around and go get, go to the ice cream parlor afterwards, man. Like, this shit is dope, man. Yeah, man. Um, fucking. So, like, Dean Martin, for instance. Ain't that a kick mm-hmm. in the head? That shit is so fucking cold. Ain't that a kick in the head? Wait, that's yeah. the name of the song? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to check that out. You would know it when you hear it. Okay. Ain't that a kick okay. in the head? Um, One of my. One of my favorite ones is uh, "Dancing in the Streets." I forgot who made that. It's a Motown track. Um, I forgot trying, who. I don't know if I know that one. It's "Dancing in the Streets," living like the VA, dancing in the streets, and in Baltimore to DC. Now dancing in the streets. Can't forget the Motor City. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. I heard. All that. we need is music, sweet music. Yeah, it's like. I can't sing for shit, so if the listeners are like, the dude can't sing. Yeah, you're right. Welcome to Thor Records. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know what you. I know that song you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe I'm confusing it with another song. Dancing. I think it was just. No, it wasn't. It may have been this one. I forgot who made it. Fuck but I don't know. but yeah. yeah, um, another one. Frank Sinatra, "Fly Me to the Moon." You heard that one? Mm. No. Fly me to the moon. Let me play amongst the stars. I want to hmm. see what life is like on a Jupiter and Mars. Something like that. Wow. Yeah, no, I wasn't singing for real. <clears throat> Let me make that Marcus clear right Doo-wop. now. Marcus <laughs> Doo-wop. But yeah, like I listen to that shit, man. 
And then I got like some others like dog. I I went back and I started listening to Soleil. Yeah, oh really? It. Wow. That's fly me to the moon, boy. Fly me to the moon. Set me play. I like uh, all right. This one I got for you. It's called uh, "Going Out of My Head" by uh, Little Richard. Not, not Little Richard. Uh, Little Little Anthony. Little Anthony. Little Little Anthony, and he's got a group, but it's called "Out of My Head." And he'd be like, "So I think I'm going out of my head. Yes, I think I'm going out of my head with you." And it's just, it's you gotta hear it. It's like. It's the perfect song for like a scene in a movie where the character, one the, the character and his love interest or her love interest, they're not on the same page. Yeah. And like they're just kind of walking and having the whole reflection scene going on where they're like looking in the water and see the reflection of the person, and then they they look behind them and they see nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is what it, it just it tells you just get a feeling from that music that you get a story because of how like how much different melodies are in there it's just, it's very very just refreshing to hear it that's what's up and you know yeah. i'm i'm glad you said that too because i wanted to touch on you know music hold on timberwolves agreed to trade jimmy butler to the 76ers yeah. man anyway about the music <laughs> about the music painting pictures and I'm, I, I got to keep it, keep taking it back to Cash Money because that's really that's like when I was able to pick music for myself, and nobody influenced my musical, my musical uh, choices, right? So, like when I listen to a lot of those old albums from Cash Money, I to me they paint the pictures, like the the music, the lyrics, it all. Like I used to be able to see myself running through the fucking projects seeing like people getting fucked up people selling drugs uh somebody getting head behind the building whatever was going on in the song like i was able to picture that no problem now like when i listen to the music it's like all i see is little kids doing fucked up shit like they need to watch the news and learn something watch jeopardy uh get their life together just something but they doing some fucked up shit now and i can picture that in the music you know what I'm, that's just me I, i'm an old <laughs> fart now I, uh, I mean, I feel like doing stupid shit, too, when I listen to Lil Pump. You know what I'm saying? No, but you know what, though? But music like that, though, too, like I said, man, I think it has its place. You it know, does. It has its place. Because for every like every artist that comes in a new generation, like a Kendrick Lamar or whatever, or J. Cole or, you know, whoever, you know, you got people from yesteryear that were like, you got those, like, those people that were like one-hit wonders pretty much and fell off the face of the earth. I mean, no one's talking about... Um, Domino, you know, like Domino, which is like, you know, here we go, here we go, time to yeah. start the show with the rat tat tat doom, doom. One, yeah. two, but that's the, but he was dope as hell though. But yeah. um, but it's like you get you got different one. It's it's different hits. So I so I kind of started taking a look at that. Like like realistically, we're not gonna be. I mean like Hurricane Chris. Like you don't hear about nothing about Hurricane Chris. Like yeah. where's he at? You don't hear about Mims. You don't hear about Kia Shine. Like them dudes, they had a song around that was big, but. They didn't let they didn't sit around for forever, you know. So I, I always wondered about people like that. Was it the label? Because I mean, you think of those single success, the singles success, and you would think that it would equate to more success. I didn't like this is why I'm hot, but apparently, like everybody else did, and 
I'm waiting for the next song and it just I think he may have came out with another uh a follow up but it just didn't do what this is why I'm hot. It didn't do the same thing. Same thing with Kid Shine. Like people like was it is it crispy? Yeah. That song. It was, I didn't like it. Everybody else did. Didn't hear a follow up. Hurricane Chris kinda had a little smoke after that. He he's he hung around but it just didn't equate to anything. Rich boy, why don't all these uh single successes equate to more i just never understood was it the artist did they not you know follow up was it the label what was always going on with that i think it's just trying to recreate magic man and that's what happens you know like sometimes something just works for no reason like no reason it has any logic at all like those some d's was huge man yeah and I'm I, in my head. I'm like, who is Rich Boy? Like, and mm-hmm. that came out, and then the remix came out, and it had stack. It had Andre 3000 on it. It had Murphy Lee on it, Nelly, Jim Jones, and uh, I'm probably missing somebody. The game. Yeah. And it's just like, why are people on this song? But it's hot. It was hot at the moment. But the you way that I've right seen away. that trend go is like, I'm like, unless this dude come with some absolute fire the next track or next, you know, single, mm-hmm. I don't see him being around for a long time. You know what I'm saying? And that's just from an observational stance. Like, I don't wish, you know, wish he could have stayed around a little bit longer. Yeah. But. Um, that's how I feel about Fetty Wap. Uh, I, I mean, I, the success was there initially, and I'm just thinking to myself, it's not. I mean, I hate to, like, try to predict somebody's career, but, you know, I just got downtime, I think. And I think a lot about music. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I wonder if he's going to have any longevity and. I know he got a new song out now, but I don't think it's getting any mainstream mainstream spins. I remember, fuck, what was what was his first song, first single, Trap Queen. I was in a club in Miami at fucking lunchtime when that shit came out, and the fucking club was going crazy. And I'm just like, ah, yeah, he gonna fizzle out quick. Then he did the mm. um, the baby, won't you come my way one. Yeah, I had a little, had a little push behind it. And did you just hear mm-hmm. anything else from him? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's scary this whole thing, how music work. If you're an artist, but it's all. But I think a lot of times too, it's like it's an accolade thing, and sometimes it's a, it's a push. It's like a momentum, man. It's almost like a dance. Like, you know, you don't even if you do a dance well, you don't do it exactly the same way every single time. You right. know. Just because it's it's, a, it's such, so much of it that you really can't control. It's just an outside element to just say how people are receptive to it. Like that's true. Um, I think I'm trying to think. Like, um, <clears throat> trying to think of somebody like in a recent time. Just um, like you had like someone like like the game when Hate It or Love It came out. You yeah. know, that was a product that that album, that single went really well because of the promotion that was happening because of his affiliation with G Unit. 50 mm-hmm. Cent was hot at the time, and that was a big thing. So it, it, that was the next song. So How We Do came out, and then it's Dr. Dre. So you already got that going for you. So then it's like, all right, where's well, this dude again? Yeah. You know, so his first album was nothing but just get like just producers that were like in the in the moment producers. Like, not just, I mean, they were like legendary producers pretty much when you look back at it. Just Blaze, Timbaland, yeah. um, Dre, Scott Storch, yeah. um, you know, High Tech. Where's where's that do that? But I'm telling you, um, yeah. But it's just it just it's just he had that momentum going for him, that push, and then he excelled with that push on the next album because he had left G Unit. So now everyone was like, okay, 
this dude left the unit now now what is he gonna do and yeah. he dropped that album and had more singles it's a momental thing man and it's just it's it's sometimes it's like if you gotta i always feel like this though too when people drop those singles that come out of nowhere like shauna remember shauna dropped that uh getting some yeah getting some uh song that took off unexpectedly pete that just that got hot so then her label was like all right we'll put together an album dude that album you could have put it got put together a triple album with, with production from kanye west Yo, that album was not going to do as well as that single just because that was an unexpected hit. No yeah. one had prepared for that shit. And you know, a lot of times the public will will pick your your single or your next single. Think about um uh in my feelings. If, if I remember correctly, Drake said that wasn't going to be a single, but the way it just took off, it's like he couldn't deny it. He had to follow up with it. Mhm. Yeah, that's somebody smart. made a yeah, somebody fucking did the video, the dance, and then it just took off and you know, he followed up and made it a single. Yeah, and, and, and that's smart to do. It's kind of just kind of go with it as it's going because, you know, making your plans adjustable, change the plans. If if people are receiving it differently, yeah, you know, just go ahead and do something different. I mean, I, I do like my old music because it 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 fuels my creative process. Like, so when I'm hopping in the studio and I want to, you know, bang out some tracks. I will go back and listen to all the music that made me want to start producing. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that kind of like adds the fuel to the fire. So what 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 fuels your creative process? Or what inspires it? Like, do you have um, things that you do before you start creating or does you just do it? You know what? A lot of times I try not to think about it a lot. I just don't really put much thought into it. And because sometimes I can be sparked by uh, music, you know, music will still spark me, you know, maybe, you know, and it'd be something that says, you know what, I'm going to go draw this or I'm going to take a picture of this or something like that. Like I had um, a, one of the pictures I took, I went to like the beach, like Minter Beach or whatever yeah. in the summer. And I remember um, I didn't even I was on my way home. I was on my way home. I think I was leaving a brother's house or something. And it was like a late Friday night. It was like a it was a late Friday night in the summer, and uh, I just put on like um, it was like some Camp Low. Yeah. I, I mean Camp Low. I love Camp Low. It's music. They're like a little in small little New York group from like back in the nineties. Yeah. Um, but they have a very you might actually work you probably like them too, man, because they have a very uh, they they have like a like a lot of seventies kind of feel to them. I like the seventies seventies funking group. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, their first album is called Uptown Saturday Night. It's it's a, it's you might like it. You might like it. I'm writing um, it down now. Uptown Saturday yeah. Night. Um, and I got some other songs of theirs that you'll probably like too. But um, yeah, I was just listening to it, and I was just like, man, this is like real spacey. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what the beach looks like right now. Yeah. So I just went to the beach, and I just took pictures. And then the picture that I posted on my uh, Instagram of from the from that night, I posted on there. And that just came from me hearing a song like, oh, you know what? Shit, this sound like some beach shit. Yeah. <laughs> beach music. Now, I didn't I didn't plan it at all. I didn't even have my camera on me. I literally stopped, got my camera and then went on, you know. That's what's up, though. Yeah. A lot of so, mine comes from my creative juices come from hearing things I thought I heard. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if I'm in an environment, if I'm driving a truck, if you've ever been in a truck, like, you hear everything. You hear the truck, you hear the engine, you hear all the wind swooshing around you. 
and if you got a shitty radio in there, you don't really get to hear the music. So I'm hearing the music mixed in with all the outside elements, and then I'm just listening and driving. And so I'm like, damn, that, that sounded pretty slick. And then I'll get somewhere a little quieter where I can listen to it. Like, if it's not what I heard, then I'll use that. So it's not like stealing or whatever or sampling. So, like, mm. I, I base a lot of my music on shit that I thought I heard. If I thought I heard this and then I found out that's not what I heard, I'm using it. Mm. Yeah. So, and then I do that shit with, like, when I listen to the old music. I'll listen to it. And I'm still listening to old music and I'm still hearing new things. Because I'm, like, the music back then, it was, I think it was created differently. Like, they actually put, I'm not saying the producers aren't putting thought into the music now, but I'm pretty sure that producers 10, 15, 20 years ago went about the production process a little bit different from what a lot of the newer guys are doing. Like, it was some actual thought put into what they're doing. Like, when you go back and listen to old music, you'll hear all the little layers, the tones, the melodies that you probably didn't hear the first few times you listened to them. So when I go back and I listen to that shit, I'll I'll try to pick it apart and I'll listen to it to make sure it's not it's something different from what I'm hearing. And if I'm hearing what's not there, I'm still in that shit, man. Like, I, I guess maybe my brain puts shit in music that I want to hear. Mm-hmm. So, like, if it's a song that's already out, I'm listening to it with, well, how would I do it? Or how what mm-hmm. would I add to it? Or what would I change? And then I start building a lot of my shit around that. Hmm. Yeah, my, my I got different processes. That's pretty interesting, man. Like you just say you hear you hear stuff that you that wasn't in a song, so it's stuff that you think that you hear. Yeah, that's interesting. I do shit like I got a bunch of memos on my phone where I was like, "Did I hear that?" Go back and like, no, that's <laughs> not what I heard. So I'll go and hum it because I forget. But yeah, I do a lot of that, and then like when I get into uh, like the the writer's block, so. I'll listen to the music that that um, gassed me up before, and I'll run it through, like, different filters. I'll play it a little different, play it slower or higher, pitch it up, pitch it down, reverse it, um, make it do just all kind of crazy shit. And then the way I process it then when I hear it, since it'll be something different, I'll use that as, like, the base of a track. So if I just do a, a high cut on something and all I hear is bass, no words, just whatever the bass is doing. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll like build an idea around that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You know what? I, I agree with you on that. I used to when I was doing like the beats and stuff back in the day. That's something that I did pick up on. Like, is like certain melodies that you heard, um, like from instruments. Like, I think bass lines. A lot of times, you hear like a bass line that's like. And like the bass is it's just doing it's just kicking it's just kicks yeah. and it's an extended kick so it's like you don't there's no nothing else on there but maybe you can pick and interpret it something because of that 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 bass line that's kind of coming from the song yeah you know? man yeah. I, I always try to broadcast my ideas on on other shit to try to you know create something new it's just like when you think about the fucking the phone mm-hmm. somebody made a phone then somebody made that phone better then somebody made mm-hmm. that phone better so that's kind of like what i do even when i sample i try to do it sometimes i i'll, I'll try to i'll create a I'll, I'll sample a song 
but I'll try to keep it as close to the original as possible so it doesn't lose that character instead of just making mm-hmm. something totally different, which I have done. But a lot of times I, I try try to stay true to the original song just to, like, keep that going. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Without, you know, just being overly fucking dramatic with it. You know what? When you talk about songs that are layered, when you talked about that, I thought about like a recent song in the last two, three years that actually did that pretty well. Um, I think it was a designer's uh, Timmy Turner. Like, I love that song. Really? I think it's, I think it's, yeah, I think it's very genius. Like, um, I just, it it works really well. Like there's a, there's a mood to it that he wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. And then the chorus is there, but then also towards the end of the song, there's like an extended like, what do they call them? Like breaks, yeah. where it's just like Timmy, Timmy, Timmy Turner. He's like he's repeating it over and over, but then the the beat goes into like the, and then it's like the bass is like still kicking. The, the bass, I mean, uh, the kicks hit on three, so it's like yeah. boom, boom. Boom, boom. It's just, go back and listen to it. I'm not. Um, and to. I know it's. I don't know how big of a designer fan you are. I'm not, but, but I, I mean, you know, for what this is, I definitely like the music homework. I, I like doing. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it's because I mean, and I like him. Actually, I like design, designer. I really do. Really. Um, yeah, I just think that he hits some different thing that he has, and then also knowing that he come from, you know, Kanye's lineage, where it's like, yeah. all right, this is. You know, Kanye had this Kanye's guy, but that Timmy Turner I thought was very uh, well done, uh, and he can carry the melody pretty well. He's yeah. got like a, a a very ratchet kid Cuddy feel. That's what he's got. Ratchet you know. kid Cuddy. <laughs> like kid Cuddy's he, he can be ratchet, but like he's like ratchet ratchet kid. Cuddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, so. Well, before I get into that, I'll just say where's. So this is, this is girl Tony Romitti, right? Mm-hmm. Look her up. Listen, check her a few of her songs out, and okay, I'll say these two in particular. These are songs that I like. So she got one called Options, and she got one called Boyfriend. I think the okay. shit is hard. First off, the production is dope. And then the way she used her voice on the song. It's just some of the shit she's saying too. I mean, I the. It came together. You know what I'm saying? It was a perfect match. They married well. So I'm fucking mm. with her right now. But okay. let me scroll down. Where it go? Where it go? Oh, so I don't know if you was uh, paying attention, but do you remember maybe a few weeks ago or a month ago, the girl came out with the bitch, I'm a cow, bitch, I'm a cow. Did you see that? What? Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so she's a cow? Listen. This is a girl. Her name is Doja Cat. Okay. And she what? Could, yeah. And it was a video. I think it was right around when Nikki dropped. It was a video she put out called "A Bitch I'm a Cow," right? Uh-huh. But if you listen, like it's a, it's almost like a parody of a song that doesn't exist. But if you go back okay. and listen to it, she actually spitting a little bit. You gotta go and listen to it. But okay. What I'll say all that to say this, even though she had already been doing music, because I went back and did research, she had already yeah. been doing music. Then she come out with this bullshit. So I go back and I've you know listened to all her previous music. 
she actually got tracks. I'm not surprised. Pretty fucking decent. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she started trolling, then now she got all this gas. Because she fucking made bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. Is that how it goes? Uh, it's a bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. I don't say uh, moo, I say meow, or something like that. Uh, she actually got some wow. bars in there, though. She got some bars. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. This you know what, though? And it's, you know, though, like, when you talk about, like, kind of music, stuff like that, I haven't found, my, I found myself veering out of um, hip-hop is a lot more these days. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, I'd be kind of out of the loop with sometimes with it because I'm kind of listening to, like, like, I like house music, you know? Really? Yeah, I love house music, dude. Like, Chicago Chicago house music is, like, fire, man. Chicago. Like, old Todd Edwards, um, you know, tracks from, like, the early, I mean, the late 90s are, like, fire, man. Chicago. Paul Johnson. Yeah. Um, but it's this one song, and this song, hold on. I, I just actually, I came across this maybe a week ago. Is Moby it's house music? Not to cut you off. Huh? Is Moby house? Does he do house music? He could. I mean, yeah, it's, it can kind of sort of like that. And I really like Moby. I really like Moby. Like, um, Play, yeah. that album Play is fire. Because, like, he'll take – he's interesting, too. I don't know if you – to what extent you've listened to his music and stuff. Yeah. But Play, I have a song there, Porcelain. And uh, one of the ASAP dudes sampled it. But yeah. if you've never heard Porcelain before, go check it out. You got you got to tell me what you think about it. Okay. Because it's a very, home. it's a very um, like it's got like an ambiance trance to it. Yeah. And I and that's just I'm just a sucker for that kind of shit. So it's like it's really smooth, but it's just like it, it's, there's really not many lyrics in his music, like yeah, or like some, some of his stuff. Yeah, it's just music or like loops. Like the whole album. It's another song in there called um, "Find My Baby." Yeah, and it's just it's a loop. It's just someone saying, "Gonna find my baby." Woo! Mm. And it's just it's repeating it, but then like in the back, you hear different instruments come in and out. It's it's really playful, man. You can see the dudes just kind of playing around with the, with the music. But I, I I really like it. I really like his work. Okay. Uh, but this song, I, this song I just came across was um, it's it's called "We Magnify His Name" by uh, Floor Plan. We magnify his name. It sounds like it's gospel. Yeah, it is gospel. And that's the thing about it. Like, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't listen to gospel music. So it's like, but this song is so infectious. It's just like, man, this What's is his like, name again. It's called, it's a, it's a group or a DJ named Floor Plan. Floor Plan. Floor Plan. Okay. All one word. And then we magnify his name. But it's like nine minutes long and it's just like house music. Um, it's 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 pretty infectious, man. Like yeah. I think it's cool as heck, man. So I had to check that out. I I listen to gospel music for just for you know studying because mm-hmm. I, I I try to be a student of music to where I listen to different types, see how they put shit together, instruments, how one section of the music leads to the next, and you know I just try to learn as much as I can. But I'm like you in the regard where, I mean, I listen to hip-hop, I listen to rap, but I have transitioned to other things. Like, you already know I listen to Hardcastle. That's my guy. 
Yeah. And then you put me on the hidden beach and I was like, oh, shit, this is hard. <laughs> so like in, in, in that space, that's where I am. Like my house music is smooth jazz. Mm. I love that. I can shit. see that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Love it. This shit is, yeah. is that for me smooth jazz when when it's done right and i'll just go back to hardcastle like when i listen to his music if i'm on chill mode that music can take me somewhere like i listen to the music i feel like i'm being transported somewhere else like i'm on the beach or i'm fucking on a mountain somewhere looking down on everything i like mm-hmm. music that can you know make you feel like that you know what? One of his songs I really love, because um, because you put me on a hard castle, man, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite songs of his is Moonhopper. Yeah, I'm here. Like Moon, I love Moonhopper, dude. Like it's just so spacey. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so it's very spacey, and it's it's funny too because like '80s music. A lot of those songs like that that have that that those melodies have those futuristic melodies. Yeah. Dude, a lot of that's like come back, you know. Yeah. And and it's very um it's very relevant. I say I feel like it's really timeless. You know, we talk about seventies music being timeless yeah. and so on. That I I think eighties is standing the test of time a lot better than seventies music. Then there was a time where I think seventies music stood the test of time better, but I think eighties music is like really doing it really well i think that i think the 70s uh it held up more in the early 2000s yeah that's where a lot of the samples came from at least in hip-hop in the hip-hop world a lot of the Mm -hmm. samples came back from you know the 70s and they and they Mm -hmm. showed back up Mm -hmm. yeah but but the 80s music yeah you are definitely right listen to what's going on didn't somebody sample whitney houston not too long ago did they? Wow. I think so. I think I heard a, or am I thinking of Janet? One of them. Well, Kendrick sampled Janet, you know, a pleasure principle a couple of years ago. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. But, but um, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of that music. It's just very, because uh, it, it, it's a new movement. I don't know how hip you are to it, but it's like called vaporwave music. Mm-mm. Have you ever heard of that? Never. Oh, dude, check this out. Check this out. Like on YouTube, it's like a um, a mix. It's like an hour-long mix called Vaporwave. Yeah. And it's just smooth as hell. Like, it's just, it's like they take 80 songs and like 80 inspired sounds. Yeah. And they make music. And it's like got like this real muffled, you know, shitty cassette tape kind of feel to it with like a little bit of, um, you know, it's got a very analog kind of feel to it. But yeah, it's like yeah. very cool. Like, that's I use it actually when I'm like really intensely working. That you know, it's it's a really good music to have in the background. I'm gonna definitely check that out because I could always use that. I'm looking for shit that I can play at work that won't offend anybody, <laughs> and uh, that that means no rap. No, no, even the tame what? rap. What? You can do. I got one. Chill hop. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it's, it's called it's called lo-fi hip hop. Yeah, dude. Now that's what I listen to a lot. So like, when we talk about rap, I listen to rap still. I listen to low low high hip. Uh, shit, I can't even say a low fi hip hop a lot. Yeah. And you'll find playlists on like YouTube and Spotify, and do you get lost in it? I swear, I'm telling you, you'll probably get lost in it um, mm-hmm. because there's so much of it. But it's just somebody took a verse from Prodigy from Mob Beep. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna send you a link to it. 
please do. And the original song came from that the G Unit song "Have a Party." I don't know if you remember that. Like the "Hey, everybody, have a party if you want to." The Nate Dog on the chorus. But anyway, yeah, I don't but they that. took, yeah, <laughs> but they took um, Prodigy's verse from that, and they put it on this song, and it sounds completely different. But it's still like rap, and it's still actually pretty hot. Yeah, I'll check that out. I'm always looking. Listen, that's I'm glad you said that because I'm looking for, you know, music songs that have kind of been flipped, not necessarily sampled, but just, you know, flipped a different way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that sounds like some shit I'd really be into. Something my yeah, my no. kids might be able to listen to. Yeah, I I listen to Chill Hop a lot, especially around like like you know with my daughter and stuff. Like it's 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 not overly explicit. It don't focus on that. It's like it's rap. And it has like conscious rap and stuff in there too, but it's not so preachy. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like, yo, yo, I'm just trying to figure out some things and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just, it's really chill. That's the, it's chill hop, you know? So, okay. Yeah, really interesting. Definitely. I will check that out. Well, as we start to taper down a little bit, do you, well, let's go here. How do you feel about relocating? Because we've both done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you mean, like in specific? Uh, good or bad? Um, wish you did or didn't do it. Oh yeah, no, I totally, I totally glad I did it. I'm totally glad I did it. Cool. So, I mean, do you think it's necessary for some people, or do you think it's like a mindset, like oh, I need to move to Atlanta because uh, whatever? That's where all the thoughts go. <laughs> 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 Jeez, <laughs> Jesus, ATL, shout it. Why you hey. do that? No, man. Oh, man. That's where they go. Oh. The reborn, born again thoughts, man. They, it's, it's, it's something about Atlanta that just draws them. Like Atlanta is that the mosquito light that just they it just they just go there. Yeah, I never, I never really fully understood that. Like, and it's not saying anything bad about Atlanta. Oh, I think Atlanta's a great city. My when I was there, I was there way too short, and I want to go back. But yeah, yeah I didn't. I, I never really connected that dot to what you know. People are like very like adamant about it here. Like Atlanta is like the, you know, the best thing. Black here. I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't. Maybe I'm missing something. You know. But I think we um, are, man. Because, well, I, I don't want to say that we missing something because it could be some kind of mass hysteria, and maybe could we, be. we could be the ones who just like, uh, no, we ain't falling for the bullshit. But, I mean, well, I know people go there, and they do. I mean, it works for them, you know. Well, part of it is that, like, if you go if you go somewhere new, um, it could be even just be a new city, like, really. Like, I mean, a new state really helps, like, speed up the process, I think. Mm-hmm. But as long as you – I mean, when you go to a new place, you're challenged. You're, all your thoughts are challenged. All your previous information is challenged in a way. Yeah. And – but you can go to the same a, a new place to do the same shit, and like, you know, just get the same results. You know, like that's yeah. I was part of you know my learnings towards the um, my end of my time in in L.A. Yeah, was like I was in a whole new different place. It was a whole new different situation. I just didn't fully embrace all of that what that meant until the tail end of me leaving. You know, right. And I think that that's what happens is that when you go somewhere new, you you get to learn to learn the place and where you're at. Like when I was in in the Carolinas, like I was in um 
before I went to Charlotte, I was in Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's a small little city in, in South Carolina that most people may not even know about. But yeah. when I lived when I lived there, I took everything in for what it was of where I was at, and it really opened my eyes up to different things. And I really have a, I have that place has a heart, it has a place in my heart forever because of that. You know, because it was very different um, from Cleveland. It was very different from Bedford and stuff, but. Um, it was a place where I, you're not, I, why am I going to, and I thought to myself, I'm like, why am I going to go to McDonald's all the time? Or why am I going to go to KFC right. when Bojangles is here yeah. or Culver's is here or Zaxby's? Or they something. had a Culver's or, here? Mm-hmm, yeah, the Culver's, the yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, yeah. So, you know, I just kind of took in everything that was happening there locally. And when you go to a new place, that's what happens. You know, you're forced to do that. I yeah. think you should, you know, you're not, you're not forced to, but it would be in your best interest to do that. Right. It's a new place. You get new experiences. I And I was the same way when I moved down to Florida. I, I had a guide a little bit because I had family down here, and I kind of, you know, learned some of the ins and outs and places to go through him. But then I moved to a different city in Florida, and now I'm by myself, and I was able to find out more on my own. You know, just whatever it is, like the little local spots, you know, I go do that. And not only that, the thing I feel about relocating is this. I had to get away from negativity. Now, I didn't necessarily have to move away to get away from it. What I mean is when I wanted to get away from negativity, like the people where I lived in Cleveland, nobody had, I mean, with not even a, a, a handful, a few of us, a few of my family, they did relocate. But the ones who stayed, like, they just, it always seemed like they felt trapped. Mm-hmm. Trapped in Cleveland, and they couldn't go anywhere else because they didn't want to leave that comfort zone of the job that they had for 10 years or wherever. I, fuck that. I got out. And I'm mm-hmm. glad that I did because not only did I leave because I was chasing money, I mm-hmm. when I left, I didn't, I like, let me see, the first not even the first. There was a period of time where I, when I left, because I left the family in Cleveland until I was able to provide, mm-hmm. and then I was sent for them. So there were nights, a few weeks, where I slept in my truck. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Roughing it. But I wanted mm-hmm. to do this because I, w- I was determined. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I look back on all the experiences I had up until now, it helped to develop me into who I am today. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I chased money and turned around and I fucking got it. So I'm happy about that. Now I'm chasing something else. So mm-hmm. I'm going to play my part, keep doing what I'm doing to get there. Now, I could have did all of this back home. Mm-hmm. So I didn't necessarily have to relocate. But I wanted mm-hmm. to. Maybe, you know, the the looking forward to something that um, could be somewhere else other than the comforts of home was exciting to me. If I knew that I could go elsewhere and not have to depend on anybody else and, and succeed the way I wanted to succeed, that was an accomplishment for me. And I'm mm-hmm. happy that I did it, and I'm glad that I've accomplished, you know, part of that goal. So, mm-hmm. you know, in that regard, I think relocating can be a good thing, but I think it depends on who the person is, how strong they are mentally, what their drive is like, what exactly are they, are they trying to get, you know what I'm saying? You can get mm-hmm. it anywhere, but it's just something about going somewhere else and getting it. And, you know, it, it, it seems like when you go elsewhere, you get – a di- I don't want it, yeah, a different type of support, maybe a better support from people who don't know you, 
versus the people who do know you and the support may either be fake or non-existent at all like Mm -hmm. when i came to florida man everything everybody welcomed me with open arms people Mm -hmm. knew look last year was a hurricane i had a co-worker who who said because i lived in the flood zone i stayed right on the water like Mm -hmm. i was in immediate evacuate evacuation zone so you know it's supposed to be the fuck up out of there Mm -hmm. i didn't have anywhere to go and i didn't really want to leave go to a hotel and do all that shit so he reached out to me and said, man, look, just stay in the house. And he had an extra house. He said, just stay there. Ride the hurricane mm-hmm. out there. Now, if it was some shit going on in Cleveland, I'm, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I can count on family to, you know, welcome me with open arms. But to go somewhere where nobody knows you, I mean, the guy barely knows me. We just work together. And we don't even work directly. We come in, we get our shit, and we go. And we don't see each other until the next day. Mm-hmm. Let me stay in his house. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Something yeah. about that was, you know, that was heartwarming. Pause. I mean, it's just, it's mushy. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong yeah. with it. It's just mushy, you yeah. know. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I'm glad that I was able to relocate and, you know, go through the experiences that I went through. It, it, it kind of helps you become more of a, uh, it kind of helps you, I think, as part of the migration into, like, an adult or, you know, just kind of growing as a person. Yeah. Is being able to sustain yourself in a different environment. Because yeah. um like you were saying, like, you know, when I moved out to LA, I didn't have directly have a place to stay. So I, I slept on a park bench in MacArthur Park for about two or three days. Ooh. And uh that's not the safest place in the <laughs> it's not the safest place in the uh city. I come to learn out some some years later. Yeah. Uh, I was offered a few green cards, let's just say that. Oh boy. But <laughs> <laughs> but um um yeah like you say you become sustainable in a different way because you're not you have to you have to figure it out you have to figure it out because the one thing that that scared my parents about me even going out there was the fact that they didn't know anybody out there never mind the fact that i didn't know anyone out there they didn't know anybody out there yeah. and you know, to no fault of their own it by any means. It's, they, I would you you as a parent, you should be you would be concerned about things like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, but what really helped a lot in that regard was that the fact that I was really thought about my mom a whole lot. You know, because she was just so like scared. But I am forever grateful for her, even though she was terrified and scared and all that stuff. Yeah. She rolled with me. She, she, I mean, she didn't ride with me physically, but just she was in your corner. Just, she was in my corner. Yeah, yeah, that helped a lot. That helped a lot. That you know, means a lot. Yeah, I know that feeling, man. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just like she's like, I don't really fully understand, but hey, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, we talk. We would talk. I remember like a lot of times we would talk and stuff. So when it came down years later, when I was going to Charlotte, you know, at that point, you know, and especially that was like after the Alaska stuff. Yeah. At that point, she was like, okay, like she got it. She yeah. got it, and. And that helped a lot. You know, it helped a lot. And I understand that sometimes some people may not have that necessarily be their scenario. But even then, as a person, it helped me. It helped made me more confident in myself to sustain myself because, um, you know, I was I was close to being homeless again when I was out there in L.A. You know, like that was going to be it. And I had to be resourceful enough to say, you know what, let me back it up for a bit and let me go back. That means I'm gonna have to restart fucking everything yep. and stand in my parents' basement with no car and no job. Yeah. But at least I'll have ten dollars for a sub the next day. You know what I'm saying? Like it was mm-hmm. it was to that it was to that point. You know, and then 
you know, same thing. Like when I was in, like when I was in Carolina, it's like, um, you know, I was there, I was just there and I had to learn new places and locations and stuff. Yeah. And you just, I don't know, you just, you get her up. You, I think for me, what I got out of it too, was a greater appreciation for like different places. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know how people are like, Oh, I want to go to the Bahamas. I want to go to this and there. That's cool. And I'm totally on board with that. But I think that when you go to different places, especially me now, I like to take in everything. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I don't want to. If I'm if I'm somewhere in Akron, or if I say Akron or Columbus or Greensboro, North Carolina, or somewhere in Columbia, South Carolina, yeah. I want to go to the mom and pop place. That's where I want to go. Right. You know what I'm saying? I want to go there. Don't don't take me to McDonald's. Don't take me to this place. Don't take me to this this chain bar. Take me to the local mom and pop bar. Take me yeah. to the mom and pop place. You know. You get such a because you can meet a lot of people that are locals. They're 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 local to that area. Yeah. And and a lot of times, in my experiences of going to those different places by myself because I didn't really know anybody. Yeah. I've had some cool ass conversations with people, man. You yeah. know, and it's just you learn more about other people too, and just it helps connect the dot more about this world. That's how, and we everybody just want to get everybody just want to fit in some in some sort of capacity. Some, some people. Yeah, people just want to get along and just trying to figure this shit out. That's it, man. Yeah. You know, and you know that's why. That's another good thing about, you know, I looked at, when I did when I relocated. It mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, me just visiting. Me living somewhere else gave me the time to like actually absorb the city as a whole. Like I had time to go here. I had time to go there. I had time to do this. I had time to do that. I mm-hmm. just came back from Vegas a few weeks ago, and, man, I wish I had more time there. Like, it was just so much to do and see that I wasn't even able to, like, experience probably 3% of what the city had to offer. Mm-hmm. It's just so much going on that you, like, overwhelm. The sense, the, your senses are overwhelmed by everything that you just overload. You just, your head just fucking spin off. There's so mm-hmm. much to see and do. Like, you can't do everything. I was there for four days. And, mm-hmm. man, it was it was a good experience. It was my first time there. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't able to fully, you know, absorb the city. Mm-hmm. It was I knew what it was, but it, you just – you don't really have time to stop and smell the roses. Like, yeah. versus now living somewhere different. I got the time. I'm not in a rush to get – anywhere else i can stop i can take my time i can go here i can go there ask somebody hey where do you go or what's the best best place to do this go get this to eat who got the best drinks whatever yeah i'm I'm all about experiences now man and you know i'm glad that i uh i'm able now to understand that Mm -hmm. because i'm transitioning to our regrets part you know, being able to say that, you know, you were able, you did something without having any regrets about it. I do have some. I do have mm-hmm. some regrets. Like, for instance, I never, I didn't go to college after high school. Like, I didn't get the full college experience, like living on campus and shit like that. I, I do mm-hmm. wish that I went through that back then because I always look back and think maybe now I would, it, at this point in my life, where would I be had I done it earlier? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, where would I Mm -hmm. be in life if I did go to college 10 years ago versus Mm -hmm. three years ago? Mm -hmm. You got any regrets? 
Let's see. Now I'll say I say this with a bit of a pre uh, preface is that um I've come to terms with these things you know so it's like there's not things I look out the window sometimes and be like <sighs> you know because uh, some of them I mean they were like helpful for me growing like the L A thing was that you know I that was a missed opportunity because I could have been a sponge somewhere mm-hmm. and really kind of taken up those opportunities but pride and ego got in the way and that was that was the lesson that i learned from from that whole from the experience is that i missed some opportunities because um i just thought that i I mean i just pride my pride and ego were were a problem you know did you think you knew all the answers yeah Yeah. i knew all the answers so i realized how little i fucking knew yeah (laughs) and you know and that's the thing i used to think that i just had bad luck and i'm like I, I swear I would literally have, I'm like, oh, I just got bad luck. I just got bad luck. And, you know, and it wasn't bad. I just, I, it was just a big pity party, man. You know, and I broke out of that. I'm so glad I broke out of that, you know, after I left there because that was my, I feel like that was my learning lesson. You know, yeah. it was just, that was my, that was my takeaway from that situation. I felt like had I not learned something from that situation, I would, I would have been uh, in a different place, you know, because because of that you know um so that would i will try to be something i would say that sticks out but like i said i've come to grips with that i'm fully i fully have come to grips with that I have no regrets about it but just kind of like that's what my that was my aha you know like, okay yeah um but maybe okay i'd say maybe like from a creative standpoint, being more comfortable with myself um, prior to just becoming that in 12th grade. Mm. Like, cause there was a time where when I was a kid, like I was comfortable just creating stuff like, like stick figures or um, drawings I would do in class and stuff in elementary. And then I would do that in the sixth grade too. Yeah. And I think that towards um, the tail end of middle school and early high school, I was still, I was, I mean, those are growing times, man. We were, like, growing as young kids and the pre-teenagers and stuff. But mm-hmm. I was uncomfortable and awkward about myself, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of was more reserved about um, my outer outward appearance. Like, you know, I wanted to make sure I was dressed to the nine because I felt like I had to be so that um, people would see me as somebody with some sort of value, you know, right. right. Um, but that, but, but I didn't necessarily believe that, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you I just thought like, that was part of the process. Like it needed to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like it had to be done like that, but, but those were the aspects of me that were just who I am. Like the same things that I say in, or the mannerisms that I might have now or the mannerisms that I had then, I just would suppress them. And I felt like that was what I was supposed to be doing. And, yeah when I kind of came out of that, um, you know, like senior year, like I just felt like I felt liberated, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I felt liberated just to be able to just say, I'm going to make some, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. Like creatively, like when it comes to like doing some music or whatever, I'm going to do it and not have any reservations about it. Yeah. You know? And, um, uh, that was very liberating and I just been like that since. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. But like, I mean, that was probably the two things I could think about. I got another one. Uh, once upon a time, uh, yeah, no, yeah, we were still in high school, and 
our uh, our our buddy KT. He asked me if I wanted to go to the Navy. I said, fuck no. I'm not trying to swim out in the ocean or anything like that. And, you know, looking back on it, even though I, he went to the Army, but whatever the case was, I probably would have went. Like, if my mom was in a different place back then, I would have went because I didn't know, you know, what – what benefits could come from joining the service? You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. And not just because of the benefits, but their benefits. You know, I didn't know that I was I could have been able to see the world. I didn't know that I could possibly come out with a career. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, all that shit. I was just too concerned about fighting somebody's war because this is mm-hmm. right when shit was ramping up. I mean, it was going already, but, like, it was – we heard about the shit consistently, like soldiers, Afghanistan, Iraq, all that, wherever they were. I was like, yeah, nah, I'm too young to die. I ain't fighting nobody's war. Yeah. But in hindsight, I wish I, I did follow through with that and, and join. Mm, That's I my, see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Like, the opportunity gap, it would have presented itself versus the actual reason for it. Yeah, who knows what that could what it could have led to. I mean, yeah. my, 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 my buddy now who I went to Vegas with, he's an air traffic controller. You know what I'm saying? Just look up their salary. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah. Look up their salary. And I, I could have been doing that because it's funny how that came to be. We went to middle school together and this is when school still had career day. Right. So this was seventh grade and the air traffic controller came in. And when he said, you can retire with a million dollars, we looked at each other like, what? Like, is this for real? <laughs> yeah. And he said, you can make six figures a year. And we was like, what? I'm like, yeah, we doing that. We doing that. And, you know, <laughs> I, I wanted to. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know all what it took to, to become one. I didn't necessarily look into it either. I just knew I wanted to do it if I could make six figures and retire with a meal in the bank. So... I guess yeah. when we went to different high schools, that that kept coming around to him. So, like, I guess another career day or something happened at his school, an air traffic controller, you know, spoke or whatever. And then when mm-hmm. he went to the to the Navy, that was one of the jobs. Well, that was the job that they offer that he could pick, and he said he's taking it. And then just the rest is history. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So that was pretty dope. But. You know, everybody had different experiences with the with with the, with the, with the military. I'm mm-hmm. just I'm just curious what mine would have been had I decided to go. So I do have that as a regret. I'm not. I mean, I don't know if I can say I regret it, but I'm not mad about it. Can you say that? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Um. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that, well, that's that how makes... I feel about it. Yeah. I'm not mad that I didn't didn't go, but I do regret not you know, following up on that. See, I could, I could have said that about, I could say something like that about when I went to um, college after high school. Yeah. You, know? you wish you waited? That, it took, huh? You wish you waited? No, I wish I, I, it's a twofold thing because at the time I wasn't really mentally there, you know, like I was still more, um, like I, I was, you know, felt liberated in the sense of just being who I was creatively, but I couldn't really see the, the benefit in it, you know, 
I think that was that, and that was prior to actually, that was prior to me even going to LA and stuff. So, yeah, pride and ego thing was still there. So, I got you. That's probably that was that was a part of it. So, but I couldn't really see the opportunity in it having been there. But also, part of me was just like, I just I'd rather jump into what I want to do. You know, yeah, I feel but the not same understanding way, that there were some technical some technical components to understand too. Right, so. and you know, I. I I used to want to blame somebody for that. Like, why didn't somebody tell me, you know, X, Y, Z, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, there were times where I felt like I had all the answers and, mm-hmm. you know, it was a point where <laughs> I was making eight fifty an hour in high school and I was like, I'm shitting on everybody. I make eight fifty. who in here making eight fifty or not. Matter of fact, I was making $9 an hour and I was yeah. like, ain't no, I don't know anybody in here who making $9 an hour. So I thought yeah. I was the shit. And then after I got kicked out of high school, I was making eight fifty an hour, but I was full time. So I was like, hmm, I don't need to go to fucking uh, college or none of that shit. Um, mm-hmm. I was happy. I had a full time job. I'm working where like real real life adults work. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no yeah. kids in here. I mean, I lied my way up in there, but I got the job. But that whole thing about. And I feel you where you about not about the college part, but I do wish I did that instead of, you know, thinking I was a smart ass and I could do it my own way. The world didn't really, you know, march to the beat of my drum. I kind of had to <laughs> conform to it and bow down a little bit. But, you know, I just felt like I was a shit because I was able to get out there. That's the thing. I was able to get jobs. I didn't go too long without having one when I did quit one. I didn't wait till I found another one. I just said, fuck you. I'm quitting. Good luck seeing me again. Yeah. But, you know, I wish I did things a little different. But, you know, though, it seems like though a lot of times, though, like when you're in high school and stuff, that the college is the natural, the next, the next step, you know? Well, that's all they beat in your head. They just like, yeah. we're getting you ready for college. That's why you have to learn MLA format and AP, APA or whatever the fuck. Uh, come on, man. And, you know, yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but before no, I forget, I think that, well, I wish that education came in the form of cultivating your natural gifts. Now, I know that you need mm-hmm. to learn the basics, math, mm-hmm. reading, writing, all that other shit. Okay, English too. But I also think that if you're able to con- convey the message without the proper grammar, let's just say that. I mean, if you understand what I'm saying, if I can give you the message and you understand what I'm saying, I think you're okay. If, as long as you're not trying to commute something that's so complicated where it's like legal jargon. I think you're all right. So as far as that's how I feel about, you know, taking an English class. Now, I, I am like a grammar Nazi a little bit, and I'm not perfect. But, you know, just a little shit like you're, you're, and you're, you're, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Shit like that, there, there, and there. I, mm-hmm. I get a stick up my ass about no homo pause. But <laughs> it, it is about the cultivating the, your natural gifts. So if you're a musician, if you're an artist, if you are, if you're good with your hands, if you're a thinker, you know, they need to figure out ways to cultivate that instead of just saying, this is the curriculum. You need to learn history, government. I don't have a problem with it, but I think it should go in a different direction. You know what I'm saying? If I think that, okay, so we're, we both creative type people. And let's just say, mm-hmm. 
since I'm a, I'm a musician, you're an artist. I think that if both of those were nurtured in a way where we could enter into fields that 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 had those areas, mu- music and, and and art, we probably would have been where we wanted to be a few years ago. You know what I'm saying? We it's almost like a fast track to where we're trying to go. But we still mm-hmm. had to go through the hurdles that they said in front of us, like we had to be able to test well to graduate or we had to be able to have uh, a certain score to get into a college. You know what I'm saying? But it's almost like saying, but you're gifted in this area, so let's 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 mold that. Let's grow that. I don't I'm just well, shooting from the hip as I'm saying this, but I think I just think that would have been better for you know certain students like the people who have a hard time in school but they they have Mm -hmm. their own gifts you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. well you know what i I was just having this conversation last night uh, with a couple people yeah and one of the things i think is is that for a creative brain a creative brain needs some sort of structure like Like an unlike a play on the play on the name organized noise, mm. you know, um, it, I think is important because, you know, you, you can be creative, and, and this is part this is part something that we were talking about is that, um, like there's an like an artist like that is creative as hell, like a hell of a great illustrator, like does fantastic work, yeah. but it's not reliable, and right. it's like okay, so if that's the case, then. I mean, being reliable is something that's necessary. Like, regardless of talent or knowledge, you know, or you know, being reliable is a core component of of any kind of relationship you can have with any human or in any capacity on this earth. You Definitely. know, you have to be a reliable person for you to have a healthy relationship with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, there are creatives that just don't necessarily have that structure. You know, they're riddled with their own different things because. Well, I guess the thought is that, you know, the creative, a creative brain is a, more of a free spirit. Free spirits don't really necessarily believe in authority or don't like authority or rules. And that is a great image to propose as yeah. an artist, but I don't think that's a great lifestyle to live. Can because... that be taught, though? Yeah, it can be. Hell, so? I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm... <laughs> I'm a testament of that. Like, okay. I, I mean, I, and that's the thing. It's like I've been in a corporate world for several different years. I spent time in the corporate world and in organizations that they their their business was entertainment, but right. they worked off a of structure. Like when I worked when I was an intern at the Cavs, dude. Like, you know, you learn a lot because I mean, this is a basketball game, right? Like, you think of this is just a basketball game? What is it like an hour and a half for a basketball game? About that, you yeah. know. Yeah, I'm not playing. What do I need to have structure for? I just need to go out there and record these guys where they're playing basketball. Right. It's not that easy because you have to think about, okay, if you're working with eight other camera operators, right, mm-hmm. they can record this game, then they also have have a director in their ear. They also have a, a cord wrangler behind them, mm-hmm. and then they also, have, they also have to stay out the way, right, of, like, people playing. Yeah. <laughs> so... 
there's a lot of orchestrating that goes on behind that because then you have to plan things out. And then also, well, what if the power goes out? Do we have a generator? Okay, mm-hmm. what are we going to do if someone gets injured? Do we have a cutaway scene? Uh, what about the in-game entertainment for the people that come to the arena to see the game? Right. Uh, do we have that squared away? And what are we using this footage for? Are we storing this footage for um, later broadcast? Are we storing this for archive data for advertising for the use of the arena? It's things like that. A lot of that goes into play. And that's where it is where you have a creative person, like a director is a creative person. A director is a very, they have to be very diligent in having structure, but also being creative, right? Mm -hmm. Because you hear stories about these mad, mad directors that are like, or producers that are like all over the place but producers tell a story you know and they're telling that story of the cast versus the magic (laughs) they're the ones saying you know what let's get a close-up on well he doesn't play for the cast now but let's get a close-up on lebron because let's let's show let's see his angst at jr um shoot uh shoot you know screwing up that game in the finals you know what i'm saying like let's get a close-up on that okay and then the NBA has certain conditions in which their brand is um, is represented. Uh, is represented. So yeah. you have to be mindful of that, but you also have to be mindful of telling that story. So yeah. I say all that to say that for a creative brain, like an artist, now if you're painting something, you need to be mindful of your audience in yeah. a, in a way. Now if you're at a if you're at, if, you're, if you're at an event, right? Like if you're at an event, a formal event, and it's a very um, it's it's about like you know a fundraiser for I don't say a fundraiser that's different but if it's to talk about how we're going to help the community yeah. right they we're going to have to help uplift the community we're going to have them you know uh, we're going to how we get the kids to stay in school how do we get the kids educated you're not going to have someone come up there that does not use the English English language well right. right. Like that wouldn't necessarily make sense to have someone come up there and do that and to and to talk to kids because if they can't convey their words and we're here to get kids to change you know to get on board with bettering themselves, why don't we got this guy up here and he he can't talk for shit you mm-hmm. know like you want to find some way to stimulate people so you have to be mindful of that right. so a creative brain can be fantastic and that's why you even with musicians. You think about some of the greatest musicians of our era and how crazy, like how insane their personal lives are or like how their processes are. Like yeah. Michael Jackson recorded for each album from Thriller uh, from on the, Off the Wall to Invincible, a hundred songs for each album, at it's least a hundred songs. Crazy. And yeah, and each album had like maybe what, eight or nine songs on it, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it's just, there's a, it's it's a it's a twing it's a twing you you it's a it's a smooth grooves that you find over time with structure corporate structure and, and then art to artisticness yeah yeah hmm. that I makes never, sense yeah no it does uh, I never heard it uh, broken down like that or thought about it enough to you know really go in depth like that but yeah that makes hella sense I hate saying hella but that makes sense. <laughs> do it make sense sense or do it make sense it makes sense sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit that's one of my drivers but yeah man i'm glad we had this conversation this was dope this was yeah, super man. duper dope um yeah. man thanks thanks for uh co-hosting with me today because oh dog it's hard i did one last week and it was just tough i listened back to it like Ugh, i can't put this out 
So I'm I'm li- I'm just gonna do the, the you know the guest co-hosting as long as I can until maybe I get the chops to do it by myself. You know. So I appreciate you jumping on today, man. Oh, absolutely, man. Anytime, dude. It's always a it's always a pleasure to talk to you, bro. It's, you know, it's, it's, that's how we always we've done for so long now. All these all these dang on years. Yeah, man. For real. Well, until next time, thank you everybody for listening. This is what we call this show. Oh, <laughs> it's the Psych War Podcast. Deuces.